0: You're listening to a podcast of The River in Durant, Oklahoma. Join us Sundays at 10 a.m. or Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Or learn more about us online at theriverdurant.com. We're going to do that. All righty. Are you glad to be at church this morning? You got an acrobatic show and everything. AJ got locked out of the drum cage right before service started. So that was very fun and entertaining for y'all, I'm sure. I was stressing. I was like, are we going to get him in there or not? We needed drums. (laughs) We need drums today. Take your Bibles and turn to 1 Samuel chapter 1. We're going to go through verse 1 through 19. Pastor John and Pastor Ann are not here today. They are doing work on the ministry. So you get me. (laughs) I was waiting for some booze or tomatoes or something, but... I got tomatoes, tomatoes, says Koi. Okay. First Samuel chapter 1, starting in verse 1. We're going to talk today about ignoring the negative, praying with expectation, and doing your part. Amen. Ignoring the negative, praying with expectation, and doing what you need to do, doing your part. First Samuel chapter 1, verse 1, all the way through 19. That was number 3. All right. Now, excuse my butchering of these names. If you can say them better than me, I'll give you the mic. Now, now there was a certain man of Ramathium Zophim, of Mount Ephraim, and his name was Elkanah, and the son of Jeroham, and the son of Eluhu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zophah. I thought Malachi's name was interesting until I started reading some of these. (laughs) Ephraim, and he had two wives, and the name of one was Hannah, and the other was Peninnah. And Peninnah had children, but Hannah had no children. And this man went up out of the city yearly to worship and to sacrifice unto the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. And of the two sons, and the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, the priests of the Lord were there. Verse four. And when the time was that Elkanah offered, he gave to Peninnah his wife and all of her sons' and daughters' portions. But unto Hannah he gave a worthy portion, for he loved Hannah, but the Lord had shut up her womb. And her adversary also provoked her sore for to make her fret because the Lord had shut up her womb. And as he did so year by year, when she went up to the house of the Lord, so she provoked her, therefore she wept and did not eat. Then Elkanah said then Elkanah her husband to her Hannah why weepest thou and why eatest thou not and why is thy heart grieved I am not am I not better to you than ten sons So Hannah rose up after they had eaten in Shiloh and after they had drunk and now Eli the priest sat upon the seat by the post of the temple of the Lord and he said and she said and she was in bitterness of soul and prayed unto the Lord and wept sore. And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou wilt indeed look upon the affliction of thine handmaiden and remember me and not forget thine handmaiden, but will give unto thine handmaiden a man child, then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall no razor come upon his head. And it came to pass, as she continued praying before the Lord, that Eli marked her mouth. Now Hannah, she spake in her heart, only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore Eli thought she had been drunken. And Eli said to, unto her, "How long wilt thou be drunken? Put away the wine from thee." And Hannah answered and said, "No, my Lord, I am a woman of sorrowful spirit. I have drunk, I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but I have poured out my soul before the Lord. Count not thine handmaiden for a daughter of Belal, for out of the abundance of the complaint and grief I have spoken hitherto. Then Eli answered and said, "Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant thy petition." that thou, sorry, that thou hast asked of him. And she said, let thine handmaiden find grace in the sight. So the woman went her way and did eat, and her countenance was no more sad. And they rose up in the morning early and worshiped before the Lord and returned and came to their house. Rama and Elkanah knew Hannah, his wife, and the Lord remembered her. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for time under your word. Thank you for an opportunity to come, not only to worship you, God, in spirit and in truth, Father, but to sit under the understanding and revelation knowledge and understanding of your word today. Father, we thank you for our pastors and leadership of this church. Father, where they're at now, Father, I thank you, Lord, that the spirit is moving in the name of Jesus, Father, and that you bring them back safely to us in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Have you ever wanted something so bad? We're talking about desires and things that you want and need today. Have you ever wanted something so bad in your life, things that, that you know God has placed on the inside of you that, that you want to do or that you want to have or that, you, or, the, or that you know that you need to do or need to have to complete what God has for you? Have you is, it, is there anything that, 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 that you can think of that comes to mind? I see a lot of heads nodding. So I guess I'm talking to the right crowd. So Hannah wanted a baby so bad. Not only did she have to see Peninnah with her, the Bible says sons and daughters, multiples of both. Hannah was just trying to get one, and Peninnah had multiples of both, sons, plural, and daughters, plural. So Hannah not only had to live with that and see that every day and probably help take care of those children whenever she wanted one herself so badly, and whenever whenever she's going through all that, it's the same situation that we go through all the time. We want something and we see it happening for somebody else. And it's so hard to be happy for that person, right? I mean, I'm serious. You see somebody get something that you want or that you've been desiring, you've been praying for, and you're like, Oh, okay. Yeah. I see what you do. And then you get that. So, you know, what, what am I doing differently? What am I doing wrong? Are you kidding? I need what you have, but that's called coveting. So we don't want to do that. So, Hannah was in a society even where, have, where not having children made you not good. You were not worthy. You were Nobody wanted to be around you. Nobody wanted to talk, to talk to you because having children was an honor, right? So Peninnah had sons and daughters, and Hannah had to be around Peninnah with her children. Peninnah, and the way that I'm looking at it, I mean, she, the Bible says that she provoked Hannah, you know, she made fun of her. She taunted her. She said, ha-ha, Nana boo-boo, I got kids, and you don't, and you want Nana, Nana boo-boo, whatever, however they, Nana's thou boo or however they did it back then. You know, I mean, so he's, she's making fun of her. She's taunting her, the Bible says, and Hannah had to deal with it. I mean, there, there wasn't anything she could do about it. So Peninnah reminds me kind of of the person that that nowadays would have said, you know, well, uh, um. what is that? How do people say everything happens for a reason, right? I mean, you, you've said it. I'm sure I've said it. I've thought about it, you know, but that specific phrase is not my favorite thing to say. I mean, if you've said it, it's not, I mean, it's not awful, but just think about it like this. Let me put it into a little bit of, of perspective for you. So, Everything happens for a reason, right? That's what people say. But you can't always listen to those around you. If, if you or somebody says everything happens for a reason, think about it like this. If Hannah would have said, oh, well, everything happens for a reason. I'm barren for a reason. I'm never going to have any children. If she would have been content and been complacent in what, what she thought was happening for a reason, then we wouldn't have had Samuel. We wouldn't have had the great prophet Samuel. We wouldn't have had, if she would have just been content and stayed barren and said, I'm just gonna deal with this because everything happens for a reason, she wouldn't have gotten to where God had her going. Amen? We wouldn't have had a great obedient servant of the most high God in the Old Testament. We wouldn't have had Samuel. All the things, anointing Saul, we wouldn't have had all of the things that Samuel did had Hannah just been content and said this happened for a reason i'm not going to ask questions i'm not going to go further i'm not going to i'm not going to um, look into this at all i'm not going to pray at all for a son i'm not going to i'm just going to let the desire sit in my heart i'm not going to i'm not going to to say anything about it i'm just going to be content with my barrenness how many times in life, in our lives, have we, have we just become content with something because it looked as though our desires or what we wanted to do or what we thought God wanted us to do wasn't coming to pass? Everybody's quiet. Is that a bad thing? Too many times for me, I can look back and think, I wonder if I had done that, if I had voiced that desire and, and pursued that desire, if it, had, if it would have changed something in my life. it would have changed this situation, right? If Hannah had have been content, we wouldn't have Samuel. But she pressed through. She ignored the negativity. Peninnah was provoking her. was was saying, oh, you know, you can't have children. I have multiple of each. She ignored that. She didn't let it sink in. You cannot listen to negativity no matter where it comes from it's going to come from some strange places one time you know parish and i uh, somebody called us to go and pray for somebody in the hospital that just had a uh, horrific motor motorcycle accident and when we got there um the the gentleman was laying in a bed and he was very badly uh broken his arms were broken in such ways and laying in weird positions and stuff it was very uh, just awful and when we got in i was like oh you want us to pray for him? I'm like, he looks already maybe like he's already in heaven. <laughs> like, I mean, that's what I'm thinking in my mind, right? I'm being honest. I'm always honest. So, you know, he he, you want me to pray for him? And then the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, you better not if you're going to have that attitude. So I, I corrected my negativity and I said, look, this is, this is not about me. I'm going to walk in there. I'm going to know that this, obviously he's desiring to be healed. Nobody wants to die at 30 years old right? It's not anybody's desire to say, eh, I'm 30. I'm going to go ahead and go to heaven now. My, you know, my job is done. Are you kidding me? 30. So obviously he had a desire, even though he couldn't speak it, I'm sure it was in his heart. He had children and a wife. So, uh, you know, and so I, we went in and I told parish, I was like, let's just keep our mind. Cause I went in before I said, honey, when you see him, keep your mind focused on the promise of healing because negativity is easily creep creeping in. So then his mom comes in and says, Um, we're, we're going ahead and and planning his funeral, um, on Thursday of next week. And so, um, you know, and I said, then why did you have us drive? We just drove an hour to come and pray for this guy. Why did you have us do that? So I told her, I told the mom, I said, why don't you go wait out in the, out in the hallway of the hospital? That's his mom. And after I said it, I was thinking, good grief. I just told his mother to leave. (laughs) And they don't even know me, you know. But Jesus even did that. Get the negativity out. No matter where the negativity is coming from, that was his mom. He had a desire to be healed, but his mom was bringing in the negativity, probably unbeknownst to her. She wasn't thinking about it like that. She was thinking carnally. She wasn't in the spirit realm in her thoughts. That's what happens whenever we start thinking about situations too long. We give the enemy too much time to start d- distracting our mind and saying, "This is where you know this is negative. This is a negative situation. People that you would least expect it from are going to bring negativity into a situation that you're desiring. You could, you may be, ha- you may have a far-fetched, you know, uh, desire of, of something that you want to do. Maybe, maybe, maybe you want to start a ministry that, and you know, and you're believing God for all these millions. Of people and you know, you tell, you tell somebody your desire, you share that with somebody and they're like, well, you don't even speak good. How, I mean, you're going to draw, you're going to touch millions of people. Are you kidding me? Negativity, right? You're believing God for a new car. Somebody says, yeah, right. You can't even afford the one you got negativity. You have got to learn that when negativity starts coming at you, block it out, no matter where it's coming from. Peninnah, how close was Hannah probably to Peninnah? They shared a husband. Pretty much. You know, I mean, that, that means they were pretty darn close. People that are close to you are gonna bring negativity to you. That was that gentleman's mom. Today, that guy is alive and well. He was in a coma for about eight months, but he is out completely healed, doing great, living his life, and he knows that, he, that God healed his body. Now, negativity can come from anyone. You can't always listen to the people around you. Ignore the negative, amen? Ignore the negative. Hannah was provoked, and she had to ignore it. Obviously, she ignored it because she went and prayed for her son. She had to, she had to get to a place where she could pray and not hear the negative. She didn't let it resound in her mind. She didn't give the enemy time. When you get comfortable where you are because of listening to the negativity, you miss what God is taking you into. God has plans and purposes for our life. He has desires placed on the inside of you for a specific plan and purpose. Let me say this. God had desires, plans, and purpose and a vision for you before anyone else had an opinion about you. The things that people say about you, you only are what you answer to. You get that? Did I say it right? Don't listen to the things that people say about you or what you believe or what you desire because you're, you're only that if that's what you answer to. If somebody calls you something and you answer, then you're acknowledging that that's what you are. Amen? That, wasn't, that was free. Not, I just thought about that. That was, in, that was not in my notes. Take up an offering for that one. That was good. No. When I was in high school, obviously I sing. But when I was in high school, there was a a guy um that was that was in in our senior class who also sang and we'll we'll call him Nathan because that was his name. And he Saying and any time that there was a contest or a, a you know a show or an awards ceremony or something, it was always down to me and Nathan. Always, I mean, it was completely. It, it it became sickening to to everybody else because it was between Casey and Nathan. Might as well nobody else ever tries out, right? You know, it's between Casey and Nathan. But Nathan had such a difficult time with that, and he would he would say that i couldn't sing he would tell me you know there's no you're not gonna be a singer there you don't sing good there's not gonna you're not gonna accomplish anything with that why would you sing you're wasting time you could be doing something else there's you know i mean you're good at, at a lot of things why don't you just do that instead of trying to sing you're not gonna be you're not gonna accomplish anything with it had i listened to that negativity i would have stopped singing i would not have continued probably in, in ministry and in worship, I wouldn't be a worship leader today because I wouldn't have confidence. I would have stopped singing. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have gone into the destiny that God has called me into. You cannot listen to the negative negativity because it it destroys the destiny. God is trying to take you into a place. God is trying to take you somewhere and the negativity is going to keep you back there because you're not going to start walking. You're going to stop and it's going to destroy the destiny god has called you for something he's placed the desires inside of you so we have got to go forward with that we can't stop look at let's look at um philippians 4 starting in verse 6. not only do we have to walk forward but we have to pray we have to ignore the negativity and point number two today is pray Philippians 4 and 6 says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts where your desires are and your minds through Christ Jesus. Be anxious for nothing, but in all things in prayer and supplication. Can you imagine what Hannah was feeling whenever she went to (laughs) <laughs> went to the lord with this with this request she had constant provoking she had constant things that should be holding her back she could have very easily turned that around and just been bitter the rest of her days how many of you have ever felt like that? This is this is crazy. Why the heck am I dealing with this? I am just going to be a bitter old person for the rest of my life because this is not going my way. Hannah had a very good excuse. Had the Bible said Hannah did not go to the Lord, she killed her husband and killed Peninnah and didn't, you know, was miserable the rest of her days. I would have probably said read that and said, "Well, good gosh, I can't blame her." she's having to take care of this other lady's kids and she wants one and this lady's making fun of her for it and she can't do anything about it she has to respect her husband they're gonna kill her right I would have probably gave her a pink slip for that here you go excuse had right go for it I wouldn't have said anything against it but that's not what she did she took this the the situation turned it around for her good she went to the Lord she took it to their. Uh, To the temple, and she prayed. Let's look at Psalms, verse 20, Psalms chapter 20, sorry, verse 1, and we'll go through uh, chapter 22. The Lord, hear me in the day of trouble, the name of the God of Jacob, defend thee. Send thee help from the sanctuary, and strengthen thee uh, out of Zion. Remember all thy offerings, and accept thy burnt sacrifice. Grant thee according to thine own heart and fulfill all thy counsel. When we rejoice in in thy salvation, we will rejoice in thy salvation. And in the name of our God, we will set up our banners. The Lord fulfill all thy petitions. Now know that I I that the Lord (laughs) saveth his anointed, he will hear him from his holy heaven with the saving strength of his right hand. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. They are brought down and fallen, but we are risen and stand upright. Save, Lord, let the king hear us when we call. The king shall joy in thy strength, O Lord, and in thy salvation how greatly shall he rejoice. Thou hast given him his heart's desires and hast not withholden the request of his lips. A lot of times we think that our desires are okay in our heart. They're okay, something will happen with them. We don't think that it's necessary to make them known before God. We don't think that it's necessary to say, hey, God, this is what I desire. I know you put it there so you know what it is, but this is what I desire from you. This is what I'm praying and believing you for today. If the Bible didn't say that that he that, that he didn't withhold it because of the desire of his heart. He didn't withhold it because of the request of his mouth. He opened his mouth and prayed. He was believing God for something and he opened his mouth, Right? It says the request of his lips. That doesn't mean that he just kept it in. Even whenever Hannah was, was praying, the Bible says that it was in her heart, but her mouth was moving. Eli, Eli didn't hear it. That doesn't mean there wasn't nothing coming out. It just wasn't heard by him because that, he was the subject. He was the one that, that the Bible was talking about. And maybe he was too far away from her, right? Her lips were moving. Sometimes we have to just open our mouth. Don't hold it. Don't hold it inside. Don't say, well, this is a desire that I have. I'm just going to keep it. Keep it right in here for me. You may be not only helping your own destiny, but helping somebody else too. Whenever you speak it out and God fulfills it for you. Open our mouth and pray and seek God. Not only seek God and pray, but pray with expectation. Praying without faith, praying without expectation is does nothing. God doesn't move on the behalf of need. He moves on the behalf of faith. You know, some people ask, well, why did this happen? And why did this happen? And why did this happen? God is not moved by need. That's what some people don't understand. They come to me and say, well, Casey, I need this. Well, I can tell that you need that. But how, I mean, when, when was the last time you prayed? did you open your mouth and engage your faith to to bring that to pass? Did God God isn't moved by need. It you know, it is that's that's the way that it is. Without faith it is impossible to please God the Bible says. Mark 11 and 23 is a is a pretty familiar passage of scripture Jesus is saying, you know, if you believe in your heart You know, and and do not doubt and tell this mountain to be removed and, you know, cast into the sea and do not doubt it will. And then verse 24 says, um, therefore, I say to you, whatsoever you desire when you pray believe that you shall receive them and you shall have them that's another way of saying faith that's believing you shall receive it is is faith that is faith in action the bible doesn't have to say in that in that passage of scripture believe in faith that you shall receive because that is what faith is the substance of things hoped for the faith is the evidence of things not seen that you're hoping for you're wanting that to happen that's what faith is so whatever things you pray when you whatever things you desire when you pray Believe that you shall receive them, and you shall have them. Believe that you shall receive them, and you shall have them. Savannah, my daughter, she's eight, and she really, really desired a pumpkin patch. Bad, and if you know Savannah, it, it's she's just an She's her own person. Savannah is Savannah Stone. There's nobody else like Savannah. And I say that lovingly. She's a she's a very sweet little girl. She's my daughter, obviously. <laughs> but she wanted a pumpkin patch. We went in October uh, around the, uh, you know, Halloween and all that stuff. And we were going to a pumpkin patch. And so we got there and Savannah said, I want one of these. I said, a pumpkin? And she said, no, a patch. And I go, the whole thing. You want a pumpkin patch? You want one of your very own, you know? And she was like, yeah, with the leaves and pumpkins. And I want it. And I said, well praise god and you know i didn't think anything else about it and then a few months later i I pull up in my yard and i notice we lived in it was when we lived in mckinney and we lived in a, in a development that had like a homeowner's association and they were real picky and it was just it was awful and and it had i pulled up in my yard and in our rose bushes there was some green leaves that were coming up and i was like that's weird and i was like parish what is that And she was like i don't know and my grandmother took care of our gardening and stuff because she really liked to do that and i didn't so she did and so i asked her i was like did you plant something for us i mean what i don't know what that is And she was like i don't know what it is and she was like well sometimes wild things just grow we can get it out and i was like okay well then the next couple of days every day that i come home there's little sprouts on it and i'm like what is that and then at this point, I'm curious. I'm like, don't take it down. I want to see what's coming up. You know, this is, this is interesting. It was pumpkins out of season in our rose bushes, and they were pumpkins. I was just speaking with somebody that we've as a church body has been, have been praying for. And, and you know, the enemy has attacked her body with a, with a, with a sickness. And, and as she's going through treatment, it was actually just during the 10 minute break. And I said, she said, um, you know, I I have no symptoms. It looks like there's symptoms there. It looks like that she's being affected, but her body has no symptoms. She has a desire, and God is meeting that desire. She came and confessed what her desire was. She wanted healing in her body. Miss Ann prayed for her. The church has been praying for her, and she has no symptoms in her body. Everybody else that is in the same, the same time of treatment, the same length of distance and treatment that she is in, is feeling down and feeling sick and feeling bleh. But she is alive and well and at church today. Amen? God is completely faithful for what he has placed on the inside of you. Do you think the desire for her healing came from the enemy? The devil comes to what? Steal, kill, and destroy. Life and healing, the desire was placed by God. Because Jesus came that you may have life. The prayers of a righteous man availeth much. God hears you when you pray. The desires that you're that you're speaking out of your mouth and that you're that you're bringing out into your own atmosphere, God is willing to step in and to to push that in for you. He hears the desires from you whenever they're in your heart and you speak the desires from your heart out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. The desires that are in there have to come out, right? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The the desires that are in there, God wants to fulfill for you. Pray. Don't be afraid. God is not a keep away God. God is not going to stick desires on the inside of you and then throw them back and forth from angels. (laughs) Here, no, you take it now. Here, no. Oh, 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 almost got it. There you go. (laughs) He placed them on the inside of you, so why does he not want to fulfill them? He, he's not playing keep away. Pray with expectation. Let's look at Psalms uh, chapter 5, starting in verse 1. Can we do the Toys R Us version? Yeah, that's it's Psalms 5, chapter, I mean, verse 1. psalms 5 toys r us version all right yeah listen to my words lord consider my lament hear my cry for help my king and my god for to you i pray in the morning lord you hear my voice in the morning i lay my request before you and wait expectantly with expectation I lay my request before you, Lord, in the morning, and then I wait expectantly. I wait expectantly. I love that. I love to see God in action. Whenever I first became a Christian, I, you know, I was well. I, actually, I was raised in church, so I believed. I believed at a very young age. But whenever I got into the faith-based belief and I started believing God for stuff and and looking, I, I loved to sit and and wait with an expectation knowing that I said this is what's going to happen and God is going to fulfill it for me. I had desires and I loved to to be expectant on that because because I had an understanding because I it was almost too good to be true. And if it's too good to be true, it's true. If you think that it's too good to be true, it's true. It's I mean it's got to be true. So when you're waiting with an expectation you're doing your part right right are we asleep am i making sense when we're when we're waiting with expectation we're praying with expectation we're doing our part not only are you praying with expectation but when i'm expecting something i start changing my atmosphere I start changing the way that I do certain things to prepare for what I know that God is sending, the desire that I'm, that I'm, that's being fulfilled. I start changing things to, to make that fit into place. Right. You know, and I was, I was speaking, um, with somebody about this, uh, recently and, and, and I was saying, you know, cause I was telling her the story, you know, about a parish and, um, when Parrish was expecting Carlisle, when she was pregnant with Carlisle, that's a desire that we had had. And so we made him. And so when she was expecting Carlisle, when I got home every day, she had a list, right? She was like, I would walk in through the garage and she'd say, Oh honey, before you come all the way in, get those paintbrushes, get the get the the ruler, get the the nails and the hammer. I got some things to do. I want you to paint his nursery. I want this color to be yellow, and this wall over here is gonna be a light gray. And then we're gonna the about these letters. I want you to paint them this color, and I want to put we're gonna put him spell his name Carlisle right there. And then I want the picture, the painting on this wall so that he can see it when he's laying in the crib. You know, and he can see all the different colors, and I want to do this and I want to do that. She had she had an expectant hope that Carlisle was coming, and she was preparing for his arrival. As believers, when we believe God for something and we are in expectation, waiting with expectation, we have to do our part. Parrish was preparing Carlisle's room and saying, This is where his crib's gonna go. She pulled out all Malachi's old toys, his old uh, bouncers and, you know, rockers and all that good stuff, pulled the rocking chair out of the garage, stuck it back in the room. And she's like, you know, this is this is where he's coming. I'm preparing a place for this miracle, for this desire that's manifesting. I'm preparing this for him, and I want this to be done by the time he gets here. I was sp- sharing that with somebody, and I was like, you know, when when God puts a desire in our heart, I, because I test what I'm going to preach on people that I don't know. Like, I'll talk to them and start up a conversation and then just start talking to them about it and see what they say. And this this person says, um, so you can thank her. She was at Walmart, um, a door greeter. And she says, no, I don't agree with that. And I said, okay, well, you're wrong. <laughs> no, I didn't say that. No, I'm just testing y'all. Y'all are asleep today. No, I said, I said, well, you know, why? Why would you say that? And she said, "Well, the good book says. You when when they say the good book, you know it's theology about to come. <laughs> the good book says." She said, "You know," and she's a sweet, sweet lady. I mean, I I love her. I mean, I, just a little bit of conversation I had, she was extremely sweet. And she said, "You know, the good book says that you have to wait, and those that wait upon the Lord." right those that wait upon the lord shall renew their strength and i i've i've been to bible college so i knew this but i wanted to share it with her and then it reminded me that i want to share it with you too You may or may not know this, but I'm going to share it with you. Let's look at Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 31, the scripture that she was referring to. Those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles and, you know, all that good stuff. Isaiah 40 and 31, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Now, that word wait comes from a word kavah. It's Q-A, let me see if I put it in here. I didn't. Um, It's Q-A-V-A-H, I think, Kavah. And that word means to be expectant. And if you're expecting something, just like I said with parish, if you're expecting something, you're doing your part. You're preparing for that to come. So when you read this passage of scripture, you think that look to 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 everybody it normally means to just sit and wait. You're just waiting on God, right? You pray and you say, "Lord, I wanna I wanna win the lottery." And then, ooh, <laughs> are you gonna buy a ticket? Right? <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, it's it's, it's this is good. I want to have a baby! You've got to do your part. Hannah knew that. You know what Hannah did? This is Family Sunday, so I'm going to keep it appropriate. But the Bible says that Hannah went home after she prayed and knew her husband. That biblical is not, no. I mean, she knew. She said, honey, I want you to know me like you've never known me before. (laughs) I want to have a baby. And I've already made my petition known to God. I've already said, Lord, I want a baby, and I'm not gonna eat till I know that it's satisfied. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna, she, she had an expectant hope. She was praying with faith because she even told God what she was gonna do with him. She had to know there was something coming. Why would you make a preparation for what you're going to? I'm going to dedicate him to you and give him to you all the days of his life and no razor shall touch his head. She had an expectant hope. And then, then the Bible says that then she ate. Right? The, the verses above that, she wasn't eating. They were saying, why aren't you eating? Why aren't you eating? She's like, I'm not going to eat. I don't know that I would ever want something that bad. Because I'm already thinking about lunch right now. While I'm talking to you, I'm like, who am I going to go to lunch with? What am I going to eat? I've never desired something that bad. But Hannah did. She had a strong desire. And she did what she needed to do to make it happen. She waited with expectation. And God fulfilled that in her life. She went home. She said, Connor, let's know each other." He did. Then she had the baby. Right? You've got to do what you what is necessary to get the desire fulfilled. We can't just let God do all the work. Now sometimes it happens there's a miracle. And you say, praise God for that, I'm in. I am excited. I wasn't even expecting that. But whenever you have a desire in your heart and you confess it out and you make it known before God and you say, Lord, this is what I want, and then you wait with an expectation, preparing your own atmosphere for the destiny that God is taking you into, that is what we're talking about. I'm not talking about something that just surprisingly comes up and God blesses you, which he's very good at. But we can't let him do all the work. You've got to do what you're supposed to do. You've got to do your part. When you're in expectation of something, you pray, and then you prepare for it. We can't just sit and wait. When you're looking for a desire, whenever you have a desire on the inside of you, we have to remember to ignore the ignorance, pray with expectation, and then do our part. Amen. Ignore the negativity or ignorance. Whatever you want to say what it is. Ignore the ignorance slash negativity. Pray with expectation and do our part. You know, something that that God desires for you today, that that your part is just believing it, is salvation. When when God sent Jesus, it was to build a bridge from a gap that that had been created. And people are going to say negative things about it, so we have to remember to ignore that, right? Ignore the ignorance, ignore the negativity. Your part in that is just simply believing. The Bible says that Jesus was crucified he was buried according to the scriptures and he rose again on the third day according to the scriptures and the only thing that you have to do to be surrounded by that and to be involved in that to be a part of the family of God is believe that's your part is there if there's somebody here today that says hey Casey I you know I've never I've never done that you know i I, th- I think that you know i've heard a lot about it and you know somebody that i know has has received jesus or somebody that i know i've heard talk about it or you know they they've made comments about it or um you know and you if if you're here today with nobody looking around we we don't want to embarrass you i just want to give you an opportunity to say Hey, I need Jesus. Uh, There's something missing in my life. There's something void that I'm looking for. and And I know today that Jesus will fill that void. The Bible says again, the Bible says that Jesus died on the cross, was buried according to the scriptures and rose again on the third day, according to the scriptures, so that you could have eternal life. The only thing that you have to do is believe if that's you today i want to, I want you to raise your hand and let me know. Just let me know just a simple hand raise. Nobody's looking around. This is between you and God. I want to be a part of your special day today. Now, if you're here today and you just say, "Hey, you know what i I am saved. I know that I'm saved. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. if you're saved, you're saved." but but you say Casey you know what I'm I'm dealing with some just junk. I'm dealing with drama. I'm dealing with just crazy town junk that that I that you know that I need I need just a, a, I just need to be lifted up. I want to pray for you this week. Parishion I want to pray for you this week. Thank you for your hands. I just we just want to pray for you. We want to say, you know what? God when we're when we're at home we I just I enjoy praying for you. I want to just pray and lift lift you up and say God you you know the hands, you know the needs. So right now, Father, we just thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for the for the families that are represented here today, God, and the needs that are there, Father, we are engaging our faith because you don't respond to need, you respond to faith. And we recognize that and we understand that today. God, and we thank you, Lord, that that whatever need is represented here today, God, we're engaging our faith to push that need into fulfillment in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father, that that you sent your word and healed us and delivered us from our destructions, Father, and that Jesus went about doing good and healing all, Father, so all the healing that is needed in this place is taken care of instantaneously. And we thank you, Father, for complete and total healing and restoration in bodies in this place. Father, we thank you, Lord, for complete and wholeness coming to them. We're engaging our faith in the name of Jesus. This is not about needs. We thank you, Father, that that the needs are being met according to our faith right now in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you, Lord, for time under your word. Father, for the week that's coming. Lord, we thank you, God, that as we wait in expectation for the desires that you've placed on the inside of us, God, that we don't grow weary, Father, but that we prepare our atmosphere for what we are expecting you to do. Father, we thank you, Lord, that we know that all things work together for our good today, God, because we love you. That's the only requirement for that promise is that we love you and we do love you. Thank you again, Father, for the families represented here today. Father, I thank you, Lord, that they'll leave out of this place forever changed for your glory. Lord, I thank you, Father God, that though their enemies come at them in one direction, they'll have to flee in seven, Father, because they're blessed in the city, blessed in the field, blessed in their basket, blessed in the storehouse, Father, and everything their hands touches prospers. Lord, I thank you, Father, that you cause the mountains and the hills to break forth with singing, God, and the trees of the fields to clap their hands today as your people go forth with joy in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for your love and your grace. Thank you, Father, that your banner over us is love, Lord. We receive it today and this week in Jesus' name.